and welcome to Bury Our Bones with the show that lives, breathes and dies the classic movies you love. We are your hosts, me, Jimmy Murphy, and with me as always, the dances with wolves to my dances for loose change, Mr. Ryan Edmonton. In today's show, we'll be burying our bones with Guy Ritchie's 2000 Cockney crime comedy, Snatch. So join us as we put carrier bags on our feet, swap our mansions for caravans, our received pronunciation for a mockney swagger, and squeeze Gaz's balls so hard he shouts a diamond. <laughs> Marco Kane's Tangerine Sunscreen. Order now to receive your complimentary telescopic applicator for when you need to apply your own bloody suntan lotion. Also available from the Marco Kane Tangerine Sunscreen Collection are Harry Brown Bronzer. The Marco Kane Tangerine Sunscreen Collection from the Marco Kane Tangerine Emporium. Because some people don't want to watch your skin burn. So, right. <laughs> right, so, Snatch. 2000. 2000. Before we start, fair warning, I am pretty sure this episode is going to have a lot of swearing in it. It's very difficult to talk about the film and quote the film when <laughs> half the film, if not more... Is it's constant. Is it? blue language. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a violent movie with a lot of swearing. Um, normally, we would go out of our way to minimise such such foul potty language. I think um, it's going to be unavoidable. I think we're just going to have to go for it today. So you have been warned. There's going to be a lot of fucking. <laughs> Ease him into it, Christ. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of swearing. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Snatch. When did you first see Snatch? Uh, I think my parents rented it from uh, good old Blockbuster. Good old Blockbuster. And I remember when they used to rent stuff that I wasn't allowed to watch, they used to put it on the top shelf for the cupboards in the kitchen. Right. And I remember having a little uh, sneaky peek around and mm. nothing they were out or something my sister was looking after me and I stuck it in and it just felt naughty mm-hmm. just felt <laughs> that whole sentence sounded wrong <laughs> well <laughs> oh oh yeah I just heard it back yeah, yeah. yeah. okay it should feel naughty um. <laughs> wow start as you mean to go on son uh, uh, three minutes in I think it's very obviously it's very closely linked to uh, what I see essentially as its spiritual uh, predecessor in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. The way I kind of see it is that this is as close to a sequel to Lock, Stock as you're going to get. Mm. Uh, it's essentially Lock, Stock on a slightly bigger budget, not a mm. huge budget, but slightly bigger. Yeah, he said he was he was quite keen not to make Lock, Stock and Three Smoking Barrels um, when he set out to make Snatch. Yeah, um, it's pretty much what he made. <laughs> God, no, isn't it's it? Pretty much. It's it, the bigger, larrier version of Lockstock, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's Lockstock on Red Bull. You know what I mean? Yeah, great way of putting it. Mm. Great way of putting it. Uh, yeah, like I remember watching it and thinking, just there's so many like dodgy, lovable characters. You know, 
you really wouldn't necessarily want to know any of these people in real life. No, no. But there's something heartwarming about pretty much all of them, maybe besides Bricktop. Well, Bricktop's an interesting one because after I watched the movie yesterday, I've got the special edition with the extra making of DVDs. Uh, Ooh, very posh. It's about 27 minutes long. And he talks about Bricktop. And he said he he was he wanted to make him really unlikable, just like disgusting. And he was going to make him a paedophile. Do you know this? Oh, no, I didn't hear that. He was going to make him a paedophile to make him really unlikable. And he said he was working with, I'm not going to do the accent he does, but he was working with a Brazilian person. He said, he said yeah, paedophiles are one thing. Yes, I do But know everyone this, in yeah. your country loves dogs. <laughs> and he was like, you should make him like, fight, kill dogs, basically, like a dog training dogs for dog fights and he went oh that is worse than a paedophile I don't think it is and he said but the opening scene when you see um, Bricktop he's poking the dog with a stick apparently he was, he was amazed that people still liked him he was like just seemed, apparently made him it, more lovable it, in a weird way it's know? weird because you should hate everything about him yeah. but he's so endlessly quotable mm. that you can't help but and love it's him it's like amazing it's not it's not my it's like it's he's talking always talking for his dentures. it's dentist. like he's always trying to get something out of his ah, teeth come again yeah. Uh, Put a lead on her, Turkish, yeah. before she gets bitten. <laughs> Fuck me, your lady friend got a voice. <laughs> Pull your tongue out of my arsehole, Gary. My, my personal favourite bit of his when he's it's like when he I don't care if he's Miami <laughs> Prime Art Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. <laughs> it's brilliant because it's such a rubbish line. Yeah, it's like the line it's is like falling you can, apart. You can just as he see it, he's like, yeah. oh, oh, I had this. Oh no, I've lost it. But it works yeah, so well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, I saw this. I saw this um, film in the cinema when it came out. A uh, friend of mine, who you know, Neil, um, dragged me to see it. I wasn't overly keen. I didn't actually think that much of Lockstock, to be honest. I thought it was, it's not. I think it's a bad film, um, and I've since uh, changed my opinion on it. I actually do think it's a good movie. But I wasn't. I didn't really care that much. I think it was the hype was too much for me. I was like, I don't. I'm not that interested. A lot of know. it came with obviously Vinnie Jones's first feature exactly, film and obviously yeah, yeah. that's going to have a certain level of hype mm, yeah Just, I, I, yeah so it was it i wasn't overly keen and i went to watch snatch and i was like this movie is excellent actually it's a really good movie um so it would have been 2000 when it came out you know yeah i mean i personally i prefer Lockstock. yeah uh i think i said this a couple of weeks ago to you it doesn't mean I think Snatch is a lesser film. It is the better film. But you know how sometimes you know everything's better about it. You know it's a better film. But for some reason, you prefer, you know... It's something so about that I, I think there's prefer. something about the narrative in uh, Lockstock, which I think is a little bit... I like... Obviously, it does this in Snatch, where you've got all of these seemingly separate storylines and subplots and they all come together mm. i like the way that lockstock does that a little bit more than it does it in snatch mm. still think it's great in snatch but yeah. it's just something about it plus it's got lenny mclean and he's so he's a character yeah, you know yeah, yeah. yeah no i've always preferred snatch um I, I think i might watch lockstock like within the next couple of days to see how i feel about it, having now watched i've watched snatch for a long time uh, so I might go back and revisit Lockstock. I, I like I said, I've already already revisited it and and uh, reassessed how I felt about Lockstock after the hype had died down. Um, and I, it is a great movie. Um, this is a is a really good movie. It is like I say, it's 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 basically Lockstock Part Two, even though all the characters are different. They're the same. Bigger you know, budget, yeah. more eyes on it. You know, yeah. said it earlier. Bigger and better. You yeah. know. Yeah. 
I don't, I think I think it's great. It's just it's one of those films that you can just have on in the background and just instantly be sort of magnetized to it because you know it's not going to be that long before there's a great line or a great little quip from yeah. you know one of the many ragtag characters who yeah. are like when you're given a small role you could very easily go like for example Frankie Fourfingers Benicio mm. Del Toro mm. he's not in it a lot he's not got much to do mm. I'm assuming that's not him with the tea cosy on his head for the for the middle part of the film <laughs> well I'm assuming may, he'd gone may, home at that point maybe yeah. he's that dedicated <laughs> yeah. uh, you could quite easily kind of just phone it in mm. you know dial in the performance mm. but the, the I think the you know the beauty of the writing is that all of those characters are really really important they all have they all have their own place in the narrative it's not this is a throwaway character this is you know even even the uh, the dude who's making sausages for Turkish okay. two minutes yeah. Turkish two, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was two minutes five minutes ago yeah you know it's yeah. just excuse me it's just belting <coughs> We got that bit. On. We put that on the cutting room floor. Yeah, there isn't a bad character in this movie. Like it's all well placed. It's all it's all well observed. It's all um, it's all servicing the the film. The thing, the thing I but I really did butt up against watching it. This one. I hadn't watched it for a long time. Is um, there's no depth to this film. And like somewhere around the third act, I was because I've seen it so many times. I was kind of just like, "Can we just get to the end now?" It's not the film's fault. The film is what the film is, and it's great. But I, and I was I couldn't work out why I was slightly bored by it. It's like I like I love this film, but there was a part of me that was like, I mean, it was late and I was tired. But I was like, that doesn't normally happen. Normally, I've, once I've, I'm invested, and I've always, like I said, I've always loved this film, which is why I'd be interested to go back to see Lockstock, see if it has the same same effect to me. But I think it's because there's no depth. Like, like this film, to me, it's like, this is like Danny, not Danny Boyle, I'm going to say Danny Boyle in a minute, Guy Ritchie. This is Guy Ritchie's peak, really, isn't it? It's like his zenith. He had Lockstock and then this. And then... I mean, I, I like the Sherlock Holmes movie. Like good did. movies. The first one's good, good movie. Yeah, yeah. The the one he did with the Sons of Anarchy bloke was it Henry the No? Oh, the gentleman. No, the King Arthur. King Arthur. That's, I haven't no. watched. We'll it. get to that later. But jeez. <laughs> um, so I, I was watching it. And I was I was very aware. I was like, oh, it's very Tarantino esque in that same way that Tarantino's movies aren't particularly deep. They're like cartoons. Like the violence in this is very cartoonish the same way Tarantino's um, films are quite cartoon violence. It's really violent, but it's comedic at the same time, which gives it that sort of Looney Tunes edge to it. Guy Ritchie does the same thing. Some of the dialogue, like the opening dialogue in um, when he's... Um, the Virgin Mary, mistranslated. That's such a Tarantino dialogue. And the milk dialogue. Humans have uh, evolved to, uh, to digest milk, blah, blah, blah. It's very Tarantino-esque. But what I was really struck with when I was watching it, I was I couldn't stop thinking, this is what Minder, the TV series from the 80s with Arthur Daly in, <laughs> this is what Minder would look like if it was directed by Danny Boyle. Because it's the film is really early Boyle. It's really train, it's train spotting with gangsters instead of junkies. Do you know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there is nothing wrong with essentially taking 
like a pretty pretty much a standard in in British cinema is the British gangster film. Like it goes all the way back to Get Carter. You know, Bob Hoskins comes up in this every Fi- episode. Finally, we have an actual reason to talk about Bob Hoskins as opposed yeah. to just shoehorning him into every episode. It's crazy. He he somehow finds his way into every conversation we have, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> mostly that wasn't really our fault. Though. He just kept turning up in casting things in the eighties, and now it's stuck. Yeah, you know? I'll get Bob for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he like films like uh, uh, Mona Lisa and uh, Long Good Friday, Good Friday yeah. yeah, which I have in my further watching. Um, so it's a staple, but he essentially he put a little Tarantino esque and a little Danny Boyle train spotting filter onto those films, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can see the influence. We live in a pretty much a postmodern age of cinema, anyway. Tarantino is the king of postmodern. He takes bits from everywhere and sticks it together into something new. Like we said before, there's very little you can do in this day and age. From ideas to concepts that hasn't already been done. You are homaging, whether you mean to or not. You're either homaging or direct ripping off or inspired by something that's happened. At this point, it is unavoidable. Cinema has been around for so long that you it's all been done before. Guy Ritchie does it really well on this film. You can see the, the influences. They're there, up front and center but it's done so well um but there is no depth to it there is no like on the on the um making of documentary i was watching they were asking all the actors what's the film about and they're all going we don't know like it, it just feels like a bunch of set pieces but those set pieces obviously all come together and tell a story and the story's a good story it's pretty you know it's it's a diamond heist and all of that um but yeah, I was I was struck, and I don't know whether it was just my mood. I I felt like I needed just a little bit more this time when I was watching it. It's not it's not that it ruined the film. I just felt like there was some. I wasn't as as invested in it as I've previously been when watching. Whilst I didn't get that when I was watching it yesterday, I do understand where you're coming from. I I, I don't think anybody in this film or when they were making this film from an acting point of view went okay what's my character's motivation here <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know it's not it's that all style dialogue, it's it? all yeah. just mm. it's almost very uh, situational comedy in the sense of is the situation is the script bang go yeah you know and I think Guy Ritchie is very it's almost, as you, it's almost like a sketch show within a situation a sitcom isn't it yeah, almost in that sort of League of Gentlemen kind of way when you think it has about an, it. it has a through line yeah. and a through narrative but, but essentially pieces, you, you can it? take them out of context yeah. and it works and it's still you know that you know the chemistry and the, and the scenes with uh, Vinny Soul and Tyrone mm. they're as you say they're like a sketch show and mm. they are hilarious yeah, yeah. you know those I think those three are my favourite characters they're absolutely yeah just, yeah yeah so funny I've, like, I've, I've got the a, whole time yeah I've got to Tyrone is is in contention for stealing the movie for me he, he's like he's, he's down there with two other people who I've I got a funny story about Tyrone yeah. uh, so I went to university with a, with a with a guy called Tyrone if you're mm. listening hi <laughs> uh, he's a lovely lovely guy and because I think a few of few of the people in the class had seen Snatch recently and had said something along the lines of you're a natural at that, ain't you, Tyrone? Mm-hmm. And of course I am. obviously, t- I don't yeah. think Tyrone had seen it, so didn't didn't yeah, know. Didn't this is my reference. my interpretation of, of of that situation, anyway. And so it just became a thing yeah. where we would say something, 
and he would go, of course I am. You know, and <laughs> so whenever I see that, I, I, yeah. I get transported back to my yeah. days at uni. A natural just, what? You know. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, uh, Only just the next it's a natural brilliant. effing idiot, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, yeah, the chemistry between those... I mean, the chemistry between every character mm. in every scene yeah. is so on point. Yeah. And I think perhaps a large proportion of that is... It's a mixture of what you would call proper actors and a mixture of Guy Ritchie's mates, essentially, yeah. who happen to be actors and happen to do a bit of theatre yeah. and all that kind of thing. You know, Jason Statham notoriously got his start in the acting game in a Kit Kat advert. Uh, Is that right? And he was in a Shaman video. Have you ever seen that? No. He's like in a pair of Speedos, wheeled up dancing. It's. It's, really? it's well, quite strange. Speedos are quite closely linked because he, he <laughs> I think was a gold speedos. He was a professional diver. <laughs> he was a professional yeah. diver. That's right. You know, yeah. and when you see his kind of his physique in later films like Transport, etc., etc. What's the football one he does with Vinny? Uh, mean Machine. Mean Machine. Re- English remake of Longish, that, Longish Yarn. That's He's right, playing yeah. the monk. That's right. <laughs> you <yeah>. know. <laughs> uh, which was, uh, I think that was produced by Guy Ritchie. He wasn't directed, but right. it's definitely produced. Yeah, yeah. That's a great film as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's that it's, it has that kind of energy. Sometimes when you watch a, a, a really good example of this is This Is England. Mm. There's a scene in one of them. Stephen Graham as well. Uh, yeah, combo. Uh, there's a scene between uh, I can't remember her name, but Vicky McClure's character. Yeah, where. The I think her stepfather, who was not nice, not a nice guy. That, that actor, yeah, is yeah. a superb actor. He, he's, he's, he's a film called I think it's called London to Brighton. Yes, yeah, he's, oh, he plays villains so well. He's just he? got that face that looks unnerving. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's that there's that there's a scene where she basically goes around. And she's gonna you know she's gonna kill him basically. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- like I've never seen it so much of a scene where the whole scene is based on vibe and like the feeling like there's not much of a script it was all improvised but you Mm. just get this this angst and this kind of dangerous Mm. feeling and i think maybe not in terms of the danger but in terms of the chemistry and the and the 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 vibe of the of snatch Mm. and same with lockstock a lot of it comes from people just having a laugh and having a bit of fun and you know the 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 amount of fun they had making it clearly leaks through the celluloid doesn't it it's there it's palpable when you watch it it it, i mean not it's you'd be be easy to dismiss it by saying oh they're just clearly having a lot because it could ruin a movie quite easily a bunch of like self-serve aren't we great doesn't have that no no but they are clearly like you say they're clearly enjoying being in a film with each other making this film and shooting this dialogue the chemistry is palpable in every scene like you say there is that mixture of some of the lines are delivered by in an amateurish way somehow adds to the charm to it in a weird like in a weird sort of way like Jason's I think it's uh, Statham's best film I think it's his best I think it's the best thing he's done but some of I'd his agree, delivery yeah. is off in it it's, he's not quite found his feet yet the, you know? the only thing that I, I totally agree with you the bits for me that really feel out of place is every time he goes the Germans yeah. I, I've never quite got that well i think it's a uh, it's it's I, I assume it's a nod to the english um 
preoccupation with the war. Yeah, I mean. Oh, oh no, sorry. I get the joke. Mm. I've just never got why that's there because it feels very forced. forced. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Uh, it, it it comes across like a thread that they dropped halfway through. Maybe it's in a deleted scene where it's you know explored I mean? a bit more. Like I, I would wondered if it was a thread that they dropped. Yeah, like it, it. There was more to it, and it just didn't make it into the final film. Because I do know what you mean. It does stand out. The first time I watched it, I didn't notice it so much. So maybe it's just a, re a repeat viewing thing. Every time I've watched it, yeah. that's always been the thing where it's been like, it just fit, just all he, of a sudden feels, it in, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head where you said, you know, he, he's very similar to Tarantino. And I think that's, you know, that's the other side of things of going, well, these guys on screen are having fun mm. with the script and they're playing around. But it works because I think Guy Ritchie... I don't know if he's a perfectionist, but he seems... From what I've seen of the making of it, he knows what he wants. And, mm, that's uh, my understanding. Yeah, I think, it, yeah. There's a, I think there's a bit where he has a conversation with Vinnie Jones. Mm. And Vinnie Jones is saying, oh, I don't think I should say that. And he's basically just like, I I'm not one who wrote the script, Vinnie. You just be on the camera. Right? Very yeah. similar to the... You yeah, know, the thing I saw Vinnie Jones was saying... I kept referring to him because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, you, I, I'm an apprentice. You're going to have to tell me what to do because I don't know. Um, and it seems to have quite a nice collaborative relationship like that. Like, you know, the, Evie, pull up your socks. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. They tried a few different lines. They're like, Evie, tie up your shoelaces yeah, and all this sort what, of stuff. Touch your toes, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, from what from what I can gather from what I saw on the, yesterday, they were saying Richie knows what he wants, um, but he's also completely open to it changing. If yeah, it works, yeah. it works. Which, which, right, is, which is, is a, is a great, yeah. yeah. It's a, I think you know, I think you can you can go almost too much the opposite way of saying this is what I want, and you can't be told that actually that idea isn't yeah. very good. But it's, uh, famously, Kevin Smith for the first part of his career when he was making really good movies um, was apparently really opposed to ad, ad libbing. Was like, stop, don't this. What I wrote, say it. He later said in Late Life is because he didn't wasn't working with anyone who could act and they couldn't ad lib well, so they yeah. changed stuff and it was awful. He said, I've never actually minded if what you change is better. He said, I would always forget. He said, I think it was on Dogma when he was working with Chris Rock and Chris Rock changed some lines and they were hilarious. And he's like, do I have to give him a writing credit now? And they're like, that's, <laughs> that's not how it works, mate. Yeah. But there's a nice, honest approach to it, I suppose, isn't it? So like you say, it can go the other way. Some, some directors are like, oh, that's how I wrote it. That's how it has to be. I have a vision. Apparently, Richie knows what he wants, but he's, like I say, yeah, he's yeah. open to it changing. If it works, it he's works. He's quite a big fine. collaborator, yeah, isn't yeah. he? And that comes across again. It, 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 that sense, uh, the film feels not necessarily organic, or, or, but it has a natural feel to it. Like the people they're portraying are supposed to be like the sort of people you would meet in London. You know what I mean? Like um, maybe it's different because we're from England. London is we're just up the road from us here. Um, so, in a way, it feels very familiar. And very cartoonish at the same time, you know what I mean? We've all met people after they've seen these films. Walking around talking like that all the time. It's one step away from Jay, from the in-between, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's met people like that. Um, I can't remember what's going with this. But yeah, it's um very collaborative, sort of open thing, isn't it? You know, and that, that natural feel when, when uh, an actor is allowed to relax into into doing what needs to be done for the scene and allow to experiment within those parameters, um, it comes through. You know? what, one of the first things that I made a note about was when the scene where Brad Pitt is looking at the caravan burning, mm. I said, that 
his performance there is the difference between a good actor and a great actor. Right. But that was the point where I was like, oh, that's Brad Pitt, the movie star. Mm. Like, that's him acting. Like, Mm. not that he's not anywhere else, but it was like, oh, that's, like, elite-level stuff. That's, Mm -hmm. like... The rest of it is like, oh, this is quite funny, but as you say, there's not no real kind of, like, depth Mm. to it. Well, it's a comedy, isn't it? You know, it's very surface-level stuff, Mm. which is obviously totally understandable. And that was the point where I went oh like that's Brad Pitt like not in a distracting way but in a that's Brad Brad Pitt that big actor you know yeah yeah for sure I mean that's that's the thing with like you say you get an actor of that caliber in a movie with varying degrees of talent as shall we say moments like that are needed you need a good actor it's interesting like apparently Brad Pitt contacted Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie said I I saw Lockstock Uh, I'll do anything and Guy Ritchie well I mean we'll, we'll get bums on seats with uh, with Brad Pitt, but actually used him in a really good way. Yeah, because initially they were going to have him with a London accent, but Is he struggled right? with the, with the accent. Is that right? And also there was a so when Lockstock was released, they uh, one of the critic or some of the crit- critiques of it, not so much from an English audience but from an American audience, was that they couldn't understand the characters. Yeah. So Guy Ritchie was like, okay, well, let's have a character who not only the audience can't understand but the characters can't yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. And obviously then tie that in with, yeah. we've got Brad Pitt, can't really do the London accent and then you have, you have him playing Mickey, you know. The, yeah, and they make, they make great pains to say it's not really English, it's not really Irish, it's just sort it's of just in well, between. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Interestingly enough, like... Uh, when they were making the film, in the uh, I, when the, the making of I watched, they were talking about the uh, the the p word, shall we say? And they were going, "Oh, it's really it's really quite an offensive word. You're not supposed to call travellers that word." And then, like Jason Statham says to the guy Richie, he's like, "It said a lot in this movie." And he's like, "Well, it's just a movie, isn't it?" And it's like, <laughs> "I don't think you could do it now." You know, I'd never heard the expression before the movie. To be honest, it's the first time I'd ever heard that expression. Probably, probably I the thought he made it up, but apparently yeah. not. Apparently, it's, it's yeah. a derogatory term for travelling folk. Well, it didn't stop people going to see the film. Mm. So it doesn't spoke... stop people using the word now. To be honest, no. Uh, so. Budget-wise, it was made on a budget of $7.2 million, which is about six million quid. It's pretty cheap. Converted for today's money, about $10.7 million. So, ironically, similar sort of money to what Terminator was spent. Okay, inflation-wise, difference. Mm, it's but about 16 with inflation, isn't it? Yeah. Not too dissimilar. Mm. Uh, so, unfortunately, it didn't have a very good opening weekend. Did it not? No, it only made about twenty two grand. Wow, why was that? I think because it came out December, just after Christmas in 2000. Because the... the Yeah. Because I it, remember seeing it. I must have saw it in the new year. Because the the US release was slightly after, and that was January 19th, 2001. Wow. So I think it was... And since that point, Guy Ritchie has a habit of releasing films like on Boxing Day. <laughs> he's like both That's Sherlock Holmes films yeah. he released on Boxing Day and he was, he was asked about it on an episode of Top Gear he was like why Boxing Day and he's like well because everybody's too busy stuffing their face on Christmas Day whereas in America I think it's yeah it's it's a bit it's, it's a bit more less, of a norm to release yeah. on Christmas Day huh. uh, so was that so in this country it only made 22 grand 22 grand wow and it's on, on it's opening weekend that's crazy uh, they must have been some um 
clenched sphincters at that point. Yeah, uh, and then it, it did go on to make a bit more. Like, it, it, it wasn't a flop. It, I didn't. It buy wasn't it. a flop. No, no. no. So gross US and Canada, it made about uh, thirty million. That's not, not bad, bad yeah. is it? It's about twenty-five, give or take million. Yeah. And then worldwide, it made about eighty-three million. Uh, 68 million I mean, quid you're laughing at that point aren't you? Yeah, yeah it's you know for a for what it's is just essentially a slow burner was it it just took know. a minute to catch up yeah I think it's one of those things of release schedule and times kind of everything and mm. if it's going to be released at a time where not a lot of people are going to the movies mm. especially in a where it's set in England where that's going to potentially be a big chunk of your market mm. you know uh, because you know Usually, usually a, a movie will just sink at that point. It's very rare for a movie to then catch on and go on to do that. after such a poor opening weekend. Especially now, if a movie has a poor opening weekend, it's pretty much finished, isn't it? They won't even leave it on at the cinema much past a uh, much past a month, will they? You know? Yeah. So it's, it is quite surprising. So mm. it, I think probably what happened was, you know, the buzz from Lockstock was still kind of palpable in the air mm. and perhaps again perhaps the marketing may not have been mm. too prevalent until you know after it's opening weekend yeah. Uh, so yeah as I say January 19th 2001 release in the US mm. so just slightly after I'm sorry because I always think of it as being a 2001 film but if it came out at the end of the year in 2000 that makes sense it's more 2001 than it is 2000 right, really I, isn't it I'm pretty sure I must have seen it in the new year I, don't, I definitely didn't see it Around Christmas, so it must doesn't still... feel like a Christmas film, does I know, it? When you said that, I could have, I would have sworn it was released in summer, like just yeah. from my memory, as it were. But yeah, I must have seen it in the January. I mean, I could know? be wrong on that. I could well, I be wrong, but I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, obviously, we said it was directed by Guy Ritchie. He also wrote the script as well, mm. and it was produced by Matthew Vaughan. The, the composer is John Murphy. And the cinematographer is Tim Morris Jones, mm. and I think all of those, apart from Matthew Vaughan, have a little cameo in the. Uh, in I the was, film. I was, the cinematographer's definitely in it. I think he plays. One he of plays the, one of the rabbis uh, at the rabbis, start. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Guy Ritchie's um, was, man was, in the pub looking at the paper in one of the scenes. Is he really? I didn't yeah. notice. And I think John Murphy is also in it as well. I think you. You said earlier, I think he might have been the guy with the tea cozy on his head. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think... No, I, was, I, I, I had an eye out for um, Matthew Vaughan. I didn't spot him in there. But, um, yeah, I definitely... I, sp I spotted the cinematographer. Um, yeah, I don't think Matthew Vaughan was in there. I think he was the only one out of the names mm. I've just, just mentioned that wasn't in there. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that those are the people who made the film. And then uh, just moving on to the cast and the character names... So we've got Brad Pitt playing Mickey O'Neill. I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> He's at Bradley Pitts. Bradley Pitts. Uh, we've got Mike Reed playing Doug the Head. Also in contention for stealing this movie. Oh, it's just, I mean, the voice alone, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I just fir first thing I thought of when you said, right, we're going to do Snatch, <laughs> my first thoughts were, Avi! Avi! You know, uh, Jason Statham <laughs> we've playing... We've got beaches. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I, I mean, Mike Reed, superb, yeah. superb performance. For for English viewers, probably most, most Frank, Frank, Frank Butcher. Frank Butcher, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 
for I don't, I don't know if he's that big in the US I don't know if, if a lot of US viewers will probably I not know, know who him. he is no. other than this film if they've seen it I was really pleased but he's, uh, he's, he's a an old comedian old blue comic yeah. yeah I was really pleased when he was in this movie because it was nice to see someone using him for something other than Frank Butcher he's great yeah. as Frank Butcher if you're into EastEnders and soap operas and all that he was uh, uh, iconic the show character. died after he yeah, left yeah, I tell yeah. it's never the same yeah <laughs> Do you remember, I, I, the, remember the adverts he did for, I, I think it was like fridge yogurts or something, or you know, fridge milkshakes, and he's walking through a, a field of cows and he stands in a cow pat and he just starts going, Pet, what have you done to me, Pet? <laughs> That's brilliant. That's <laughs> great. Genius. Um, for those of you that don't know, Pat was the name of his wife in the soap opera he was in. Yeah, I don't think that's just a, a bit of genius cast in there, isn't it? He's so good in this. Yeah, film. yeah. Uh, we got Jason Statham as we mentioned earlier playing Turkish. Mm-hmm. As he mentions, he's named after the flight his mum and dad met on. Is that right? I missed that. Yeah, yeah. it says it at the start. It doesn't really explain. Is that just before he talks about yeah. like, Tommy's named after a ballerina? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah we got Lenny James that. playing Soul. Who yeah, perhaps great. most people are knowing from The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, funny enough when he turned up in The Walking Dead. I was like, oh, so. Oh. <laughs> he, he's one of those actors as well that is really underrated. Yeah, yeah. Everything he's in, I, or I should say, everything I've seen him in, he's been absolutely great. In it. Yeah. Uh, we got Robbie G playing Vinny. Or Vin- Vincent. Also great, Vincent. Yeah. I'll be much better if you stop using yeah. my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What exactly can he get away from? <laughs> Just brilliant. It was at a funny angle. Sorry, which You're is reversing. This <laughs> Every time you reverse, things <laughs> usually come at you from behind you. Just that. Don't uh, let that dog dribble on my seats. Just keep that dog. Tyrone? Off Tyrone. my seats. <laughs> it's a stolen car. <laughs> when I'm driving it, it's my car. <laughs> Line after line after line. You can keep that silly fat fuck. The boys can't carry him. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is going to be messy, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be... I mean, I'm assuming people listening to this would have seen the film. You'd hope. Yeah, because I wouldn't... I couldn't make... It wouldn't make sense listening to this then going and watch the film because the film's ruined by the time you listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Totally ruined, yeah. So I'm assuming they'll know that the references. Yeah, they'll know yeah. what we what yeah, we're referring to. Yeah. Uh, we got Stephen Graham playing Tommy. Yeah. Uh, Who I didn't realise was Scouser until yeah, uh, I had him talking. Thick yeah, Scouser, yeah, he yeah. does a really good. Mockery. Yeah, he apparently he got the part just on 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 a whim. I think he, he a friend of his was going to an audition or something, and I think he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll go for that." And they asked, "Can you improvise?" And he went, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> And he was like, never done it before. That's how he got the role, apparently. Nice, yeah. uh, we've got Alan Ford playing Bricktop. Oh, super. Great character. Super. Do you know why he's called Bricktop? I do not. He's called Bricktop because that's an old slang term for somebody with ginger hair. So apparently, he, when he was right? a kid, Bricktop had ginger hair, so he's called Bricktop. Right. Uh, I yes. didn't know that. Yeah, it's never. We've got Jason... Chalk's like he's talking through yeah. his dentures and he all charged. He's always a bit... I think it's Turkish. I'm sweet enough. You've got all the, anim- you've got all the traits of a dog, Gary. <laughs> Part loyalty. I've got no time for grasses. You're a ruthless <laughs> little bastard, Liam, but I've got no time for grasses. Uh, Do you know? 
What a nemesis. Now, you could do this afterwards, <laughs> but you don't want to go through sifting through pig shit now, do you? <laughs> Man, a righteous uh, manifestation. Oh, I can't remember what it is. I love that line. Manifests itself in an horrible cunt. Me. <laughs> Sorry about the language. <laughs> He's he's because he's um, the narrator. He's the narrator in, in Lockstock, Lockstock yeah. isn't he? Um, he's so good in this film. Also, he's in an American Werewolf in London. Is he really? Yeah, I think he plays Barman in that. Right. He's on. also in a film called Cockneys and Zombies. <sighs> it's exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I would got, have liked to have seen him do do more, much much more. I think it's, I think the problem is is that he's bec because it's or. It's so iconic now. Can't move. You past can't it, move yeah. past it. Uh, Those big thick glasses. Yeah, you take the glasses off, and it's already a different character, isn't it? Yeah. We got Jason Fleming playing Darren, who's one of the. Uh, they say travellers. That sounds less offensive. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's. Uh, I can't think of his character's name in Lockstock. The ginger one. Yeah, the one who everyone says about his weight, even though he's yeah, stick thin. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Jesus, Tom, what have you been eating? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and goes on to play um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in the Extraordinary Gentleman In the film that, that ended yeah. Sean Connery's career, that's yeah, correct. I'll, I'll never yeah. work again. Shower of shit. Uh, we've also got, uh, I apologise on the pronunciation of this name, uh, Rade Sabegia, I believe that's how you say it, is Boris the Blade. Oh, he's great, yeah. He He's one of those actors that I don't think a lot of people know his name. It's, he's bloke from uh, stuff, yeah. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's, he's in Mission, Mission Impossible 2. Uh -huh. he's, he, he's just done a series uh, called Dark Horses with Gary Oldman. Uh, he's great in that. He's just one of those actors that's in a lot of stuff, and he's great in it, everything. Uh, we've got Vinnie Jones playing... Uh, Bulletproof Tony. Playing the only character Vinnie Jones yeah. can play. He's basically playing... Uh, the same character as he plays in Lockstock, yeah. to, even to the point where he wears the same jacket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though they're not the same character. But. Yeah, yeah. We've got Dennis Farina playing Cousin Avi. Avi. And then we've got Benicio Del Toro playing Frankie Fourfingers. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, not one of those castings is, is, is a bad casting. No, Every single quite. person is almost perfect if not perfect mm. in their role yeah uh, do you think it helps that it is it is essentially a bunch of sketches in a in a sitcom manner that like the casting i'm just it's because it's not a deep exploration into a character it's very try not to use the word superficial because it sounds like i'm diminishing the movie because i'm really not not trying to i think the movie's amazing but the the it's very what you see is what you get yeah and you get to, as an actor, I assume you get to have a lot of fun with that. You you get to swing for the fences. Like no one is going to notice someone overacting in this film. I don't think they? the phrase. You know I mean? Well, I don't think the character would do that. Was going to be used yeah. in the making of this film, yeah. is it? Yeah. You know, it's exactly. not. It's not the film, as I said earlier, that you're going to be spending lots and lots of time going. Oh, mm. what's my character's motivation? It, everyone in this movie is chewing scenery. Oh, like Benicio del Toro, amazing actor, chewing scenery. Brad Pitt chewing scene where's the stance where are the stance amazing <laughs> booby I probably know lots you done <laughs> <laughs> you know that scene where he's getting tailored and every time it goes back to him he's got a different suit on it's absolutely genius super absolutely genius yeah, yeah. yeah I mean the casting oh, some of the I've got some I've got some uh, 
some would-be castings. He's got some time again. Here, yeah. And I'll tell you what. Did we sa- even do the plot of the movie yet? Oh, no, we haven't done that. That's a good point. <laughs> hey! Here we go. About 40 odd minutes in. It. Here we go, right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Do you think, like, maybe we should move the plot of the movie to the beginning of the show? <laughs> Probably should. <laughs> I think uh, it. I think it every week when we we get about halfway through the episode, it's like, so this is the plot. Oh, we yeah, should like, probably do that bit. And I, I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure that should be at the beginning. <laughs> we'll, we'll work it out. <laughs> okay. So Turkish and his close friend and accomplice Tommy get pulled into the world of match fixing by the notorious Bricktop. Things get complicated when the boxer they had lined up gets badly beaten by Mickey, who comes into the equation after Turkish, an unlicensed boxing promoter, wants to buy a caravan off of some travellers. Then they try and convince Mickey not only to fight for them, but to lose to them too, or lose for them too, sorry. Whilst all this is going on, a huge diamond heist takes place and a fistful of motley characters enter the story, including Cousin Avi, Boris the Blade, Frankie Four Fingers and Bullet Tooth Tony. Things go from bad to worse as it all becomes about the money, the guns and the damn dog. <laughs> what do you mean you lost him? He's not a set of car keys. <laughs> Come again. In the, in the whispered words... At a Virgin Mary, come again. Uh. There's a brilliant bit with Bricktop, and it's it's the scene where Errol and is it John? I don't know. Errol and John yeah. are sitting in, and Bricktop like creeps up on Jason Statham, and he backs into it, yeah. and ah. Uh, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tiny oh, it literally creased me yeah. up every single time. No thanks, Turkish up, sweet enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so where were we? Uh, we were, going, we were about to go to casting. casting other castings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, how about some of these names then for you? Bob Hoskins. Not on this. Actually, he would have still been alive at this point as well. Yeah. Bob Hoskins could have been in this movie. He could have been bricked off easy. Get, it would have been a bit more menacing been. as opposed yeah, yeah. to comedic, I think. Does he do his Mario voice? <laughs> One day you're going to ask that question. And there's actually going to be an answer. <laughs> Maybe we should do Mario next. We should do Who Throwing Roger Rabbit. <laughs> so the role of Bricktop... Mm-hmm. I can't... I literally cannot believe this. I think this is absolute flannel. I don't think this is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because this is so absolute stupid. Flannel. <laughs> right? So... Both of these actually are really stupid. So I'll start with the less ludicrous one first. So the role of Bricktop was originally offered to Sean Connery. (laughs) Uh, Apparently he liked the script and was curious after seeing Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. So producer Matthew Vaughan hastily uh, arranged a screening for oh he was he was interested to see Lockstock sorry as opposed to seeing it yeah so Matthew Vaughan arranged a screening for him Connery duly turned up and watched the film before emerging with his judgment this is a good film <laughs> I honestly what a pile of shit <laughs> this is a good film followed by you're not going to be able to afford me <laughs> so Fair if that's enough. true that's quite quite funny yeah. uh. Okay, and this one is... is so hang, on, hang on, sorry. So I'm just trying to picture Sean Connery's bricktop now. Like... 
put a lead on that Tarkash before she got to Bali. Uh, I mean, it's... It works, but in a different way, funny. doesn't it? It's not funny, though, is it? Is it funny? Sure oh, I find that funny. No, I mean, it's funny to think about it, but I mean, in the context yeah. of the film... No, because it's I, Sean it's Connery. Very, it would work. I think that's the it problem, work, is it's Sean Connery. You would be looking at Sean Connery, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. As yeah. A, I think the genius is, because Alan Ford isn't that well-known no, by no. that point, you it's just accept it for what it is, well. rather than going, yeah. you know. So... <laughs> so, Bradley Walsh <laughs> apparently told The Telegraph that he was originally cast as Bricktop... <laughs> And Is he winding them up? I think he might be. <laughs> and came up with the line, I'll cut your fucking Jacobs off. <laughs> uh, Guy Ritchie called him up and fired him before filming even began after learning that Walsh used to host the Wheel of Fortune <laughs> and decided the casting would hurt the film's credibility. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that he works on Wheel of Fortune is the problem there. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's Bradley Walsh taking the mick. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, mean I, li I like the idea genius. of it, though. That's genius. That's that. I want that to not be true, because I just want Bradley Walsh to be that funny. Do you know what I mean? That's brilliant. I was going to say, I imagine, I imagine Guy Ritchie got who he wanted for the most part. Yeah, as, as we said, you know I mean? Brad Pitt came to him and was like, have you got anything for mm. me? Do you think at any point, talking of mock meets, Danny Dyer was annoyed that he was in none of Guy Ritchie's movies because he's like but he's not he's not a Cockney though he's Essex yeah but that's why I was talking about Mockneys oh sorry it? yeah 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 because like you've got to imagine as Danny Dyer well it, he, he you, you've got to think I should be in one of their movies he was in it? Mean Machine which was produced by Guy Ritchie is he in Mean Machine yeah he plays the really sort of simple uh <laughs> Who's in love with Vinnie Jones's character? Is that right? Well, they they all start like uh, they will show show everybody out of tackle when they use Danny Dyer as the everyone just right. starts like two footed yeah, challenging yeah, him, yeah, and he's yeah. just like, oh, is that is, is that is that all right? When's when Human Traffic? Is? Human Traffic's the film that made that's two thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's two thousand. Yeah. So around the same sort of time. That's as late as wow. I thought it was way before that. Which is really weird because that has a very similar like poster and dvd cover like really it's similar, almost the yeah. point where you go who copied who yeah because it's yeah. so similar well, if you didn't just... know what you were looking at you'd think it it perhaps oh that's that film with yeah. brad pitt oh no it's not you yeah know. very because like, like the snatch cover doesn't really make a lot of sense it's got a hazardous sign on it for some reason it says yeah, I, don't, because... I don't really get the, the reference you know what i mean but you gotta think like british cinema literally had its renaissance with train spotting that's where it really yeah, started yeah. like it's never stopped but that's when the renaissance started you, then you get like uh we always had the richard curtis type movies always done by those sort of four weddings kind of movies which is yeah, like yeah. mid 90s and then lock stock is i want to say 97 98. 98 so there you go I would have <coughs> i would have put human traffic at about 97 98 human traffic is essentially train spotting but with ecstasy instead of heroin that's how I see it that's how I view yeah, that yeah. film you know what I mean it's like a more cuddly version of Trainspot and so know? in Manchester rather than in, in Glasgow Scotland. yeah yeah uh, it's like a more cuddly version isn't it yeah um wow oh, I did, brother I know so many people used to quote that film all the time um <laughs> I feel like I've just <laughs> sent you right me. back to a place <laughs> you didn't want to go <laughs> oh yeah a warehouse with a bunch of idiots. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I would have thought it was before. That's crazy because that's Danny Dyer's big break, isn't it? Is um, human traffic? 
Uh, mm, Isn't it? Train spotting. Danny Dyer. Oh, Dan, sorry. <laughs> Too many Dannys going on yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Danny That's Dyer. his big break. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. in a couple of uh, Virgin Cola adverts. <laughs> right? I don't know if you can call that a big break. I, I slight tangent. I really miss Virgin Cola. Virgin Cola was the best cola. I, I never managed to like actually have any. It was lovely. A friend of mine was like, oh, you've got to try Virgin Cola. It's great. Yeah. You've got to try Virgin it Cola. the best I Coke. wasn't even allowed normal cola. You're not. And I got some... Bootleg. Got <laughs> 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 some moody cola. You've been watching Snatch too much, right? Got some moody cola off a of geezer. What? With some cola, mate. <laughs> Which you got? You got any virgin? Nah, because some happy shopper. <laughs> Bit of happy shopper. Bit of roller cola. Nah, virgin coke's the best, man. Right up there, though. Genuinely, right up there was Krusty the Clown's yellow cola, which I only ever found in a vending machine at work once. It was amazing. I mean, it True. does sound like something you just made up. That's hundred percent. You get you have Bart, oh, I trust Bart, you, Simpson, but... Bart Simpson clear cola and uh, Krusty the Clown clown yellow cola. Both amazing. Probably the same flavour. Fair enough. We should probably stop talking about cola and start talking about snack. Did you know that the, <laughs> the the bottle for Virgin Cola was based on Marilyn Monroe? The shape of the bottle. Was it? I know lots of facts about cola. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we give to our patron. <laughs> Coke episode. <laughs> I'm so glad you did press me on that. We're going to get a load of people coming along <laughs> thinking it's a very different episode yeah, 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 yeah. if we call it the Coke episode. <laughs> when they start off talking about human traffic, no, they're talking about <laughs> Coke. Uh, um, I'm glad you didn't press me on that, though, because I actually don't have any more facts about <laughs> Coke. That was it. I've let you slip, haven't I? <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought you are going to go, give me, give me one more. Actually, I, probably, I could probably give you one more fact about Coca-Cola. Did I you mean, know? if you must. Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, McDon- McDonald's. The reason Coca, the reason Coca Cola at McDonald's tastes better than any other Coke is because they put more syrup in it than anyone else. No, and they put it not. in aluminium tins. I know it's it. the tins. No, it's not. It's the, it's, tins. the tin does apparently does change the flavour, but they make it. Apparently, this is true. They make it with a little extra syrup, so when the ice melts, it doesn't dilute the flavour. It becomes the right consistency. Because you drink it before the ice is melted, it tastes like it's like cracking it. It's so good. But yeah, they have metal tins in McDonald's instead of plastic. It made me really want to get a McDonald's. It's the best Coke. I love a draft Coke. <laughs> is, I'm not going to stop talking about Coke. I, you're going to have to physically make <laughs> me start talking about Coke or cola. Other beverages. Are just to let everyone know, this is not a euphemism. <laughs> we do mean Coca-Cola, okay? I'm gonna, yeah, sorry. You know. I'm not going to stop talking about cola. <laughs> I've just got a drug peddler sitting opposite me today. Right, shall we get back onto the film Snatch? Yeah, I'm just going to have a swig of this cola, hang on. Uh, that's actually Pepsi Max, if you want to be really... Uh... That's why I said cola. It's Pepsi Max cola. You ever notice, though? We've... <laughs> I thought we'd managed to... Have you, you ever know. noticed, though? Have you ever noticed that you like the Coke you like, the cola you like? So if you're, if, you're, if you're really into... What are you talking <laughs> about? Really you like the cola you like? Right? I'm dead serious, right? If you, if you like, say, Coke Zero, right? You don't like normal Coke. If you like, like, Coke, you don't like Pepsi Max. If you like Pepsi Max, you don't like normal Pepsi. You only like... 
the version of cola you like. You can't switch between them because they true. taste repugnant. It's true. It I repugnant. like Pepsi Max. I like normal Coke. Yep. I like Pepsi. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay then. <laughs> yeah, you're lying. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you you cannot switch between brands of Coke. Cola, sorry, between brands of Coke, you can't. Like occasionally, I can go can. to a full fat Coke. I drink Pepsi Max a lot. <laughs> Just for anybody who can't see us, because this is a auditory medium, I keep looking at my notes, and nowhere on there does it say anything about Coca-Cola, Virgin Cola, or any other type of branded <laughs> cola drink. You brought up Virgin Coke, man. You know what I mean? No, I didn't. You did. You, no, I... you you took it about Danny Dyer in, in a Virgin Coke advert. That's how they started. <sighs> it's your fault. What's the Bollocks, reason? The reason I did, didn't I? <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> And the reason, like, there's there's odd pauses before I carry on is I wait until Ryan goes to look at his notes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then stop. stop talking about <laughs> do, do you remember time? <laughs> do you remember uh, tab, tab clear? It was not what it came. Clear Coca Cola. Is it your mission to totally derail this episode? Because <laughs> if if it is, then then bravo. <laughs> You've done it in a way that I I couldn't foresee happening. Uh, but I, for the sake of, I wondered how we were going to make this episode last two hours, and now I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just to get on the topic of uh, film snatch again and to allow our lungs and heads to regain our usualness. <laughs> just... oh, did you know God. when uh, <laughs> when the Kinks did uh, their song Lola on Radio 1 they made them change the name uh, of Cherry Cola to something else because it was a product placement. I mean, it, there's part of me that is just going, he can't have that many more facts. So if I just let him go, eventually it will stop. I think, I think the line is Coca-Cola and he changes it to Cherry Cola because of product placement. Yeah. But the problem with that is that I don't know when that will be and so I'm just going to have to ignore his comments about cola <laughs> in order to save some semblance of this episode from... Do you think this will be the most most half-listened-to episode we've released? I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me in the slightest. Maybe we just need to do a whole podcast on cola, or... Do you think... Do you think How many episodes of a podcast about cola do you think we could do? I'll be honest, I think we're struggling with one. <laughs> uh, well, have we, we brought in other types of fizzy beverage? <laughs> <laughs> God, 75% of this episode is not going to be usable. <sighs> I refuse to edit any of it. <laughs> I think that's laziness more than anything. Is this the sound of the podcast imploding? <laughs> uh, oh, I can get on with it, right? For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm done. I've got, I've got one word in my head, and luckily, <laughs> the next thing I've got to say uses that word, so I can use it without it just seeming harsh. <clears throat> so, when Guy Ritchie told Brad Pitt that he'd be playing a boxer, Pitt became concerned because he had just finished shooting Fight Club and did not want to appear as though he's playing the same type of character. He also had problems when he was using... Uh, when he was filming Snatch, he became concerned about the over-excessive use of the word cunt. <laughs> because in America, it's obviously a lot more of a loaded term, whereas in England, it's used rather affectionately, <laughs> apart from the time I've just said it. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying any more than that. Uh, so he became quite concerned, and then eventually he was convinced into it being all okay and everything. In the future, <laughs> I don't think it will be... <laughs> <laughs> really worried about what you're going to say now. Cunty cola. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to do a long preamble up to it, but I can't be bothered. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it is a much, uh, much harsher word in America than it is over here. Yeah. It's used as a term of endearment in this country. Yeah, it, it's I, I use it all the time. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a solid word. On this, subject, in this country, actually, it's a weird thing in it where you're cool, your friends. Like, all right, you can't. How you doing? And it's yeah, like because you're called people the, you hate, mate. The, yeah, the more <laughs> you know the I mean? more vile language that is used, it mm. usually means the more affectionate they are towards that person. Hundred percent. Usually yeah. in this country, when you're being proper angry, like, I think it was Russell Kane, the comedian, who said he's that, quite funny. Isn't he he's he's said really that good, the yeah. uh, I might even be Lee Mack. He said that uh, also you know, a really funny comedian. Yeah. When uh, when Cockneys, uh, they don't get louder when they, they when they're quiet. starting. They go quiet. Yeah, they'll be quiet. They start getting more precise. Yeah. How you doing, son? You all right? How like you doing, Lee? You doing all right, Lee? You doing fine, Ailey? I'm being quite threatening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen those people are so cockney it hurts. Oh, I'm uh, so cockney it hurts, <laughs> Lee Mack, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So fucking cockney. It's oh, fucking yeah. painful. He's prancing about the stage. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, Lee Mack's brilliant, man. He's, he's, he's great, but he's not in this film. <laughs> So, Rob uh, Brydon was in Lockstock uh, uh, Traffic Ward. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what a cameo! What a cameo! Red Dragon Coffee Roasters. Our roasted coffee beans are so good, you'll think you've been strapped to a wheelchair, set alight and push down Main Street. Red Dragon Coffee Roasters. Coffee with a bite. Hello, I'm Barry Wood. <laughs> Michael Caine's Tangerine Dream Whipped Cream for all your pudding needs. Simply add milk of your choice and wait 6 to 12 days. Michael Caine's Tangerine Dream Whipped Cream from the Michael Caine Tangerine Emporium. So the US distributors uh, considered changing the title of Snatch uh, 
to snatched with ah. a apostrophe D on the end. <laughs> Most likely because the word snatch means vagina in slang. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's kind of the point, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, but apparently that's what US distributors wanted to do, missing the point entirely. Mm. Uh, and I think we, we've covered all the things he said. I mean, the thing about the Brazilian man telling telling him about uh, if you want to make Bricktop a bit more yeah. hated, have him abuse dogs. Interesting. Well, you yeah. said it's quite a violent film. Mm. Almost all of the deaths happen off, off screen. screen. I know it's the yesterday when I was watching it. <laughs> that yeah. was like we timed <laughs> off screen. Yeah. No, uh, I noticed it yesterday. It was interesting because I was I was toying whether or not to watch it with my 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 newborn baby in the room and I was like I don't think I really want to be watching this movie in front of a, a four month old kid it seems wrong it's ultra violent so I didn't I chose not to in case anyone wants to ring child protection services I didn't watch it but I was very then very aware of the of the violence that was or wasn't necessarily in it like you say all the deaths are off screen it's all uh, either hinted at or you'll see a blood splatter on a wall not up, to, not up with common, uh, common offence, are you, Tommy? Mad Johnny went mad. <laughs> and and, and got, John the gun John shot, himself. shot himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like, as soon as you start saying a line in this, mm. you immediately jump in to doing, doing the bit, yeah. and that's what's, that's the beauty of this. Like. Well, interestingly, he, when he wrote it, he, he originally wrote it gritty. It was a grit, it was, wasn't supposed to be funny. It was going to be his gritty masterpiece sort of thing. And then he just couldn't help himself. You gritty know I mean? masterpiece. That sounds like such an <laughs> arrogant thing to say. It's going to be my gritty masterpiece. I mean, I may have added the masterpiece. I know. Uh, yeah, Let's I mean, get Mike Reed. That'll make it gritty. And Bob Hoskins. <laughs> he could do his Mario voice. Virgin Cola. <laughs> we'll get Bob Hoskins drinking Virgin Cola. We'll make it proper gritty. <laughs> oh, um... Yeah, it was supposed to be more gritty, and then he just apparently he just couldn't help himself. He, 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 yeah, he, he said that the a lot of the the scenes with Sol, Vincent, and Tyrone were inspired by watching like uh, late night uh, CCTV gone wrong like programs right? of like bank robberies gone wrong and things like that. Right. And when you when you know that it's so, it's so it's, it's, you know it's that, right in that front of you, isn't it? whole yeah, scene yeah. that woman who plays the she's the, amazing. Yeah. Oh. Bets, Bets are off. off. I buy it. That's Andy because I ain't selling it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if all bets are off, well, then there can't be any money then, can there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's uh, amazing, man. But even the, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say Sol, Vinny and uh, Tyrone are my favourite char characters in in the film, which which is a, which is everybody's a favourite character really because they're all so good yeah uh, you know the line <laughs> the line where it's like uh, oh yeah do you see about getting a gun Vinny and he goes yeah it's like what's, what's that it's, it's a shotgun it's a shotgun soul it's a fucking anti-aircraft missile <laughs> Vincent you know just, the use of calling him Vincent yeah. just to just to highlight it's, it's perfect you know it? yeah. yeah Tyrone's up there for for the man who steals the movie for me cool as is Bricktop and Mike Reed. I just, yeah, I yeah. love Mike. It's not free, free world, isn't it? Well, it's not a free shop, is it? 
so fuck off. <laughs> it's like it's like listening to my dad. Like, my, yeah. like it's it's insane. I mean, even even the, the tiny tiny characters like the twins. Yeah, yeah dad. Yeah, he told you us. Told us. You know, yeah, yeah. you can always get bullet tooth Tony in it. Yeah. If I, you know, I think Boris the Blade, I think is great as well. Boris, is, like, yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Like, it's heavy. Weight is sign of reliability. Sign of reliability. Mm. Plus. You can always hit it with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a brilliant deleted scene, actually, where uh, Boris comes in to the, the bookies. Mm. And obviously he's got Benicio Del Toro with, a, with the tea cosy on his head. And uh, he just comes in and then he pops out. And then the character, uh, Frankie Fourfinkers, like, wake, you know, wakes up and he says, can you, take, can you take this hat off of me? And Tyrone just goes, it's not a hat. It's a tea cosy. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you cut that? That's a fantastic. Great. It's another great line. Yeah. You know, I mean, Bricktop. We've said it numerous times. Uh, The best thing about Bricktop is (laughs) it's an old old YouTube video where somebody has Mm. stitched all of Bricktop's quotes over Star Wars. Yeah, Darth Vader, isn't it? <laughs> and they've called it Snatch Wars. Yeah, yeah. And it is absolutely brilliant. It's superb, isn't it? It's like yeah. there's a, uh, the bit in Star Wars where he says about... I can't, well, one of the um, minions or whatever says something to him. It, it was, I wasn't asking, I was telling. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> and he yeah. just goes, you fucking prat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely worth checking out. It is hilarious. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what about favourite scene? If, oh, you, can, if so, you can narrow it down. There's so many, isn't there? Um, <coughs> anything with Mike Reed in, anything with Bricktop in. Um, it's got to be the Nemesis scene, isn't it? It's got to be. The brilliance of that scene is the comic timing of Vinny and Soul just yeah. like looking around like... Because yeah. he still well, hasn't introduced who nice. he is. But who the fuck are oh, you? Yeah. Apart from a man who knows a lot about pigs. <laughs> Even Goldie in yeah. that scene is yeah. like, do you know who I am? I do. Uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just absolutely it's, brilliant. It's, yeah, the dialogue. I mean, the, the film is full of amazing dialogue. Literally carries the film when it's dialogue. Hence the phrase, as, as greedy, greedy as, as a pig. pig. <laughs> so be very weary of anyone who has a pig farm. Yeah. It will go through bone like butter. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be that scene, I think. I think that's my favourite scene. It's so good. Um, Yeah, I think I probably agree with that. Uh, I think more from a filmmaking aspect, I think the scene towards the end of the film where Mickey gets knocked out and it goes into that, you know, they use the high speed cameras mm-hmm. it goes into that slow motion and you just see his body like arch up yeah and then he falls into the water and we all know how it's done mm. but it looks so good yeah it's such a it's a pleasing shot yeah, it? yeah it's just so nice to look at all of those all of the boxing scenes uh it's really pleasing it's really the, the speeded up bits the slowed down stuff so pleasing to watch aren't they you know what i mean uh, every time mickey Gets knocked down, gets back up, and and sparks someone out. And it's, this is where it speeds up, and it's just, it's really nice to look at. Whole film is full of just really nice shots. Even the opening bit, cameras spinning on the diamond, and then it yeah, comes yeah. back out. And it, you watch the as he introduces all the characters, and you watch all of the the, the sort of money will change hands into into the gold. Into it, yeah. 
breaks into each scene. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's just really, it's like watching a mu uh, music video or something, right? But it's just really, it's really pleasing to watch. You know? Yeah, I like. The, I mean, the the editing on this oh, is superb. Yeah. Is as much as what makes it the film as anything else. Mm. You know, the scene where we see Avi come to England and that very short, sharp. Yeah. Avi, yeah. sit down and shut up, you, you big, big bull fuck. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely. And then the reverse of when. He ends up shooting bullet tooth Tony, yeah. and there's a pause, and then it does the reverse. Yeah, 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 Anything yeah. to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's very fast paced, very fast paced editing. It's, it works really well. It's one of, his, his choice of camera angles are pretty good. There's some Dutch lilts in here. Uh, I think when you when you um, first get to the pawn shop. I mean, it's, on a, it's on a Dutch lilt outside. Yeah, yeah. It's such a nice shot to look at. It's you know, and it's I don't really know why it's there. It's the, Dutch lilts usually indicate something going awry, but you just put it in because it would, it looks nice. It's like visual candy, you know. And it, it, again, it's not one of those films where it's necessarily trying to tell you anything with the way it's shot. Mm. You know, like you know, traditionally the reason that those shots are used are to tell the audience something is awry, mm. something's not quite right yeah something's just changed but, it, but it's yeah. not used in that and usually when you just put stuff in for the sake of it for it looking nice it usually stands out it usually stands it? out yeah. and it feels very superficial mm. but nothing does here. it feels very i mean it's a real testament to to his skill to be able to and i've seen the storyboards of that avi scene both when he's coming and going from England, mm. it looks exactly mm. like it's shot. You know, an element of that is cinematographer's going to have a hand in that mm. and, you know, and all of those elements. But to have They that, knew going in, that's yeah. what they were going to do. There's a bit in the, in the documentary so where he, they, it's the, the scene after and Matthew Vaughan and Guy Ritchie are stood there going, Rich match, and they're mimicking the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The plane, yeah, foot, net, bam, bam, Abby! Yeah. Like that. And they're just, they're doing it at each other. And they like, both, like, both yeah. of them go, Abby! Yeah, at the yeah, same time. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's, it shows how good the characters are when you haven't really spent that much time speaking about perhaps the biggest star in Aaron Brad Pitt. Mm, yeah. You know, what does that say about the, the cast of characters when... He's he's not forgettable and he's not throwaway in any sense of the word. But it's not like, obviously, he did put bums in seats. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But it's not like it's a, it's not a vanity project for him. Mm. It's not just, oh, we're doing this because it's got Brad Pitt in. Oh, oh, well, I want to make that film, so I've mm. got to have Brad Pitt. In. It's, it doesn't come across that way. Well, they found a perfect use for him, didn't they? That's yeah. Right. yeah, and yeah. again, and he, it's such an ensemble piece he, that he just blends right in. He fits in. He's it, great right? in it, and mm. he's. He's got some crackers of lines as well. Yeah, you, 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 you like dogs? Dogs, dogs. You like dogs? How oh, dogs? Yeah, I like dogs. Yeah, like you like want for him? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <Yeah. laughs> then the line when they're betting on whether or not they're going to buy a new caravan for him, and he's like, uh, he, uh, and "The boys Turkey, get a pair of those shoes." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turkish goes. Oh, I reckon the rabbit yeah. gets proper fucked. He says, "What?" Fuck. No, it's just fucked it because he. It's literally Tommy does it. Tommy says it first, and he. Oh yeah, yeah. I reckon yeah. he gets fucked, and Turkish goes, "What proper fucks?" Like really sarcastically, yeah. and then he repeats it to Mickey, and Mickey repeats the piss take back to him, and Tommy's grinning. Ah, yeah, you know I mean? it's I, a lovely little bit. Another another good bit of like filming in that is mm. when when they're talking about that deal, and Turkish goes, "Look, we came to you for a caravan. We've already." 
going to get you one. You didn't do your job, and now you're going to do us another one or whatever the line is for some tart and her caravan. Get the old tart caravan, and it just zooms yeah. in on on all of them, and they're not, not calling you, your mum a tart. <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah. it's a shock. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's it's just so. I think it is just so well written. Mm. I think as soon as the script isn't there, this whole thing falls apart because there isn't much, there isn't anything else to it really. Yeah. It's a script yeah. that's kind it is, of... It's a series of, of comedy moments yeah. stitched together. It's yeah. Ever since you said it's it's Tarantino, it, it's so much Tarantino yeah. that it's hard to not see it now. Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't quite make the connection anyway. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird because it's... it's it's so many things stuck together. It's such a, a postmodern film. It's so many, like I say, it's Danny Boyle, it's Tarantino, it's every gangster movie that came before it, but it's League of Gentlemen as well. It's all yeah. these others, all these references just mashed together. It's the, it's the TV show Minder. It's all of it just mashed together and sort of cut out in, a, in a big sausage mincer, and out comes the other end. It's this amazing film, you know. Um, but like even if you watched uh, Trey Spotting. Uh, when when he introduced the characters in Trainspotting, it it pauses when Begbie throws the pint over it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It stops. This is Begbie. Diddle, diddle, this is sick boy. This, and he literally lifts that. He, he changes it slightly because he he sort of gives them a little almost cartoon font on it as he introduces them. It's all those bits just sort of stuck together. And there's a lot of Tarantino. It's that it is that sort of Looney Tune violence kind of cartoonish. Um, but I think he was trying to do that. I think he refers to it as very cartoonish. Very, you know very I mean? graphic novelesque, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's very kick-ass, which a, Matthew at, Vaughan at would time. go on to. Yeah, um, at make, a time you know? where not a lot of people were doing that kind of stuff. Mm, there were yeah. a few, obviously, but it, it. I think he kind of set that trend of being mm. everybody's doing that same very yeah, quick, very God, short. So many you know, bad movies after this, though, wasn't it? Uh, to be fair, even even himself. Like he does rock and roller, which is which is the more serious version. It's isn't the it? more serious version, mm. and f and because of that, it's not Suffers as good for it. Yeah, it's everyone wanted the bits that lock, stock, and snatch barrels. You the, know what I mean? <laughs> lock, stock, and snatch barrel. <laughs> wow, that's a great title. <laughs> 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 we just keep giving all of these filmmakers just so ideas. much material, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the best parts about <laughs> rock and roller, lock, stock, and a virgin coke. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd got past that. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The best parts about rock and roller are the the funny kind of interplay. Coca Cola, of oh, rock and roll. Sorry, <laughs> trying to keep this on track. <laughs> oh, the more you try, the more I want to derail it. Though uh, in that film, uh, <laughs> the interplay between Gerard Butler and Tom Hardy, where Tom Hardy convinces him that he's in love with him. Mm. And that kind of humour coming out of there, those are the best parts of the film. Yeah. I think Rock and Roller has a great cast. Mm. For the most part, I think everybody's wasted in it. Mm. Like Idris Elba's in it, and you look at it and you go, oh yeah, Idris Elba is in that, because yeah. you totally forget about Mark yeah. Strong's in it, and you go, oh yeah, Mark Strong's in it. And it's, yeah. I mean, I think that's when you can see, you know, the collaboration from like Matthew Vaughan obviously then goes on to do... Uh, he does a lot, but he does kick ass, which is he does a, kick very ass. He goes on to do Kingsman, and he obviously uses yeah. Mark Strong in that you, as well. Um, have you seen um, Matthew Vaughan talking about his experience making X Men movies? Oh, it's brilliant! So I saw a video. He's a, he's a, he's oh a, yes, he made First Class. Didn't he, he was he was um, 
he was at Comic-Con and he was talking about X3. He was supposed to do X3 and he was signed on to do it. And it went to Brett Ratner, And he um, was in an exec's office and there was a X-Men 3, X3 scripts on his desk and he said he looked at it and it was like much thicker than the one he'd been given. And he said, what, what's that? Oh, you don't have to worry about that. He said, well, I'm the director. I do have to worry. What is that? He said, well, that's the Halle Berry script. He said, what do you mean a Halle Berry script? He said, well, she hasn't signed on yet, so that's the script we're showing her. As soon as she signed on, that's going in the bin. And he said he took it off the geezer's desk and looked at it and it had an opening scene, storms in Africa, making it rain so people don't starve. He said, well, that's a, that's a good scene. And he's like, but you're not going to film. He said, that's going to bin as soon as she signed up. He said, so you're going to treat an Oscar-winning actress like this? You're going to lie to her, essentially, just to get the sign up to film. He said he, he, he quit there and then, so I'm done. He then... <laughs> Went back and directed First Class, right? Yeah, the, first yeah, yeah. the first one with uh, McAvoy and Fastbender. Yeah. He then wrote... That sounds like a comedy duo right there, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. A new episode of McAvoy and Fastbender. He then wrote... I want to say Days of Future. He wrote one after that. Days of Future Past. Days yeah. of Future. And they lied to him because they said he could direct it. And then after he, after he gave them the script, he said, oh, we're Brian Singer's going to direct it. And he said, he, that's when he walked away from Hollywood, I'm done. Yeah. Just went and did Kingsman. Um, but fascinating. Because Hollywood's shady, right? Yeah, but they, it's, they it's literally dodgy wrote, deals and wrote a isn't fake it? script to get her to sign that on That seems like it. such a waste of time more than anything because you you would have paid somebody to write that script. I expect it was mostly the same. It's just, can, I mean, you but, got, you, yeah, but you've got some people on staff sitting there. You, new boy, write something uh, that Halle Berry will like in here. Put it right at the beginning so it's the first thing she sees as well. It's crazy, isn't it? He was like, Hollywood's yeah. just so sleazy. It, like, he tells the story better than I do, obviously. But yeah, it was fascinating. He was like, so not only did he, they screwed over Halle Berry, they screwed him over by telling him he was going to direct this film. And they said, I actually, contractually, Brian Singer gets first refusal on it. And he was like, I just wrote this for you. Like, and he walked away. I guarantee you know, Matthew Vaughan directing Days of Future Past when I made it a much better film. Yeah, yeah. By that point, Brian Singer, I think, had lost all credibility. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, and he was been a bit weird as well. Apparently, yeah, I uh, like I like the first X Men film. First one's good. I, good. I like two. Did he do? He did two. He did two, and then he went off to do Superman, uh, which is a bad film. Mm, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Mm. Apart from the geezer, he got to play um, Brandon Superman, Roth. Yeah, he, he does a really he, good job. He got does screwed really over, didn't he? He's he's in the film that 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 didn't land. Yeah, yeah. and it's his fault. Not, I mean, it's not his fault, but mm. in the eyes of Hollywood, it's something his about fault. that role, though, isn't it? Because uh, Cavill ended up getting, uh, yeah, his, he's been screwed over. He's got well, screwed over because didn't he quit Witcher well, to go make the next Superman film? And then they said, We don't want you. His, I think they gave him a quarter of a million, which is no, yeah, I think, small thing, but he quit a job to go do it. And yeah, yeah, he gave know, up the Witcher, gave up the Witcher, yeah, yeah, yeah. which sounds I, like he gave it up the Witcher. <laughs> And then he took it up. That the sounds Witcher. like Courtney Vimes playing, doesn't it? <laughs> he He's it only going to give it up the Witcher, isn't he? But it's a, uh, it, it's a shit business. Yeah, <laughs> shit business. It's a shit business. Yeah, it's just a gentleman. It's just one. I think it's one of those things that I think. On a total tangent, I've got to say that the creme brulee sketches <laughs> in um, League of Gentlemen are some of my favourite. It's a shit business. That and Jeff Tips, I love. Jeff Tips is he's superb, oh, isn't he? I love. To death, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Tips. He's so good. Me and a I want the moms. Me and me and a friend of mine would quote League of Gentlemen daily in school. Yeah, and 
uh, <laughs> literally, I could, I, if this guy is listening now, which he should be, he's a friend of mine. So Tom, Tom Arfield, if you're listening to this, I can make you laugh right now. <clears throat> yeah, three bluebirds, and he'd be laughing because we used to piss ourselves laughing, laughing at that. Yeah just to amuse ourselves in boring lessons yeah. and we would quote it and we'd do eh mate tell that one about the mau mau <laughs> yeah the mau you know? mau yeah. <laughs> no 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 bananas what's not what's the next one show me <laughs> so good George of Asda um. get it right Brian uh, <laughs> just brilliant yeah. but yeah it, I do love those creme brulees yeah like, that, oh, this is so, a shit business there's so much like like depression in those those yeah, sketches yeah. it's like you see a man crumbling and yeah. just trying to accept yeah. he's it's not over <laughs> he's no longer going to be doing Eurovision song contest <laughs> yeah. uh, the, in the revival but, he's trying to put the band back together <laughs> oh no you tree yeah no, you, I think I was about to say Tim Robbins but I don't think that's his name it's an old uh Northern comedian who's in Phoenix Nights. Yeah, say Tom I know you're Robbins, about. Yeah, yeah. Tim Robbins is. is the American yeah, actor. Yeah, the well-known American actor. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's Tom Robbins. Could be wrong on that. Uh, he was also up for the role of Bricktop in this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Along Tim with Robbins. Bob Hoskins and his Mario voice in <laughs> yeah, uh, Bottle of Cola. Uh, I th- yeah, I th- obviously we've gone on a bit of a tangent speaking about League of Gentlemen, but I think they are as you said those links to yeah. that kind of style of storytelling because yeah, League of Gentlemen is a through story with basically it's a sitcom with sketches it's a sketch show with a with a. it's an intelligent sketch show yeah, it's, it's a sketch not, show with a, oh, a story gonna, that's going you know, through it. it gets more so as the series go on but the, the links are there because it's around the same time Was when's the first the first series of League of Gentlemen is late 90s, isn't it? 97, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. So I think the movie's around 2000, 2001-ish, isn't it? It's somewhere around there yeah. as well. Um, so a couple of uh, things I just wanted to pose to you. Mm-hmm. So do we think that Guy Ritchie will ever be able to really escape that genre? It's tricky because he... He I don't think he helps of, himself. He kind of invented it, if you know what I mean. The, the Guy Ritchie film is a Guy Ritchie film. It, like we said, yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. from all these places. Um, and it was often often imitated for a few years to the point of the detriment. To, to the point, I assume, he stopped wanting to make movies like that because he, he went for a period where his movies weren't very Guy Ritchie-esque, I yeah. feel. Um, but his best movies since Snatch would be your Sherlock Holmes Sherlock which has Holmes, got yeah. some very Guy Ritchie moments in it you know yeah um, like I say that King Arthur one is is a, is a hard film I've never made I've never the whole seen film. it but I've seen the trailer and they literally made it King Arthur but with the style of Snatch that's editing that's, that's the bit I saw and yeah I like, saw it, it was, we were talking about this on a previous yeah. episode yeah I saw it one year I was wrapping Christmas presents and I must have watched about half hour of it and it, I couldn't watch it it was too jarring the two styles didn't mix, didn't mix this sort of ye olde thing, but they, it was all talking like snatch. It doesn't. You know? It literally doesn't make sense yeah. at all. And then it's I such and a then confused I, film. Then yeah. I ha- found out that David Beckham was cast in it. And That's right, it's King look, Arthur. I think, I'm a United yeah. fan. I love David Beckham mm. as a footballer. Mm. I don't want to see him in. I don't want to see him acting. Guy Ritchie's at like, all. I did it with Vinnie Jones. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that maybe that's just he's just trying to replicate Vinnie Jones. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, Vinnie Jones in anything other than Guy Ritchie films. He's also in X three as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Jones. I'm the juggernaut. I'm bitch. the juggernaut bitch. Oh, it's so bad. That's 
just so bad. I mean, the writing alone is bad, but the delivery. I mean, I don't know what you can do with that line. No, just, yeah. Uh, but Vinnie Jones is is not the actor to be able to pull something out of that line. Mm. Uh, yeah, anything that isn't Guy Ritchie and Vinnie Jones, it just falls right off. Yeah, you know, I can't name a decent film he's been in since Mean Machine, and that that was. I think we spoke about this before. He plays a mutant gone in 60 seconds, doesn't he? That that was 2000, so that was just after Snatch. And to be fair, there's a reason he was mute, probably. Because the the director probably didn't know what to do with him. Uh, I think they probably cast him in that because that'll get some of the English fans looking at him, potentially. I feel like I saw um, Vinnie Jones in a film with Jason Mewes a few years ago. Jason Mewes. Uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob Ma- Madness in the Method I'm sure Vinnie Jones is in that and it's really jarring he's he's also in the Midnight Meat Train for Bradley Cooper he play, really? he plays a guy who goes on a midnight train in London he, and kills and eats people eats some meat <laughs> eats a pepperoni he just kills yeah, it's, just, it's, so, it's such a bad horror movie really? yeah. uh, and then he's been in the you know the the the, the gangster films straight to DVD yeah. release type things yeah well there was a slew wasn't there these films some of them had some of the original cast from Lockstock in um, of just endless cockney gangster films that were sort of supposed to be funny um, and that, I mean that's a testament to the strength of those first two Guy Ritchie films I don't think I don't think he'll ever be able to truly escape it it's really. gonna, I think it's going to be very very difficult because as we say, like if you're gonna, if you're going to do, say, like King Arthur, yeah, like yeah. you don't need to add. Like, I know that's your signature style, but you don't need to add add that. It can't. You kind of got away with it with Sherlock Holmes. It's uh, the the fight scenes when he's in the pit. Those yes, fights are yeah, so yeah. snatch like, but it really works. It works it really because does, of that yeah. kind of the intelligence of how. Sherlock Holmes explains what he's going to do before he does it. It makes sense in the context, doesn't you know, it? That's right, uh, yeah. I mean, The Gentleman is... I haven't watched it. It's supposed to be very good. It's all right. It's not... So they've got um, it's Colin got Charlie Hunnam, Farrell. Colin yeah. Farrell. Yeah. There's a, there's a great line in there, uh, which I can't really repeat because it will definitely get me cancelled. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, Hugh Grant is great in that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hugh Grant, yeah, he plays a journalist, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another film. I've he... seen lots of clips of it. I haven't seen the film. Um, I can't really remember that much about it. I mean, it's very similar style in the sense of you've got these overarching and these overlapping narratives that all kind of feed into each other. Mm. So it's very similar in that respect. Yeah. He also done a film called Wrath of Man, uh, which is a twenty twenty one, I think it is, with Jason Statham, who plays a like the head of a mafia family mm. uh in in the, in america and they i think he what he, accent is jason statham though? jason statham's accent because is it you the transport or we i cannot work out what that accent is supposed to be until you watch number two and he's clearly dropped it and he's just got the whole of the jason first statham. one it's like i, I don't it's suppo- it's, i think it's supposed to be american it's supposed right? to be american but yeah. it sounds sometimes it's french so weird, which is where it's set yeah. it sounds sometimes australian mm. and it sounds sometimes jason statham yeah because it's so uh, weird uh, i like the crank movies 
Yeah, that was mental. So good. It's so like so over soundtrack the top. Soundtrack by Mike Patton. It's yeah. So good. You know? uh, but especially that first Crank movie, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's relentless and it just yeah. doesn't stop. Uh, he's so good at that. And he's good in the, the transport, but his accent drives me mental. I think, yeah. I don't, again, we spoke about it with people like Sean Connery. I think sometimes... Oh! I saw a film. I saw a film with Michael Caine doing an American accent. I can't remember. He's, it's Get Carter, the remake. I'm sure it is. He does an American accent in that. And Sylvester Stallone gets to go, you're, you're a big man, but you're out of shape with me. It's a full-time job. But there's like, I think there's at least two films where um, Kane does a really bad American accent. Yeah, and it's I, bad. I, I just don't understand why people with take people with really iconic voices mm. and try and make them do something else. Like, yeah. It would be like in this, in Snatch, oh, we've got Mike Reed, mm. let's give him a different accent. Why would you do it? It yeah. doesn't need to be doesn't done. Like, sense, Know yeah. the limits of the people you're working with. Mm. Don't ask them to do things that are out of their remit. I'm a Spaniard. Uh, but no, Wrath of Man is, is yeah. quite a good film. It's It's... It has that gratuitous violence in places. It's a very, it's an action flick, mm. but there's a, it, it, it's got some some interesting themes. I think it's quite, it's not too bad. Mm. But I think the problem, he's always Guy Ritchie, always. I think he always tends to veer into what he knows in mm. terms of how he how he f- directs and how he he writes, and because of that, it's very difficult to get him away from it. Like. Even as we just said, the, the King Arthur films and the Sherlock Holmes films should be enough to make you go, "Oh, I can't just make Snatch again. I can't just make Lockstock on eighteen smoking barrels." <laughs> yeah, but I can do something different, and I think that that's a little bit of the, like Revolver. It's just a gangster film mm. again with mm. some more American people in it, so it feels a little bit different as opposed to. So the one with Ray Liotta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from what I remember, it's not a bad film, but it's yeah, not it's, great. It's kind film. of forgettable, though. It's right? the same same sort of thing again. Rock and roll, have we said yeah. the same thing? So it's going to be really, really difficult for him to to get. So away. I mean, that's the thing. So, like, I mean, if you look at if you look at Snatch and Lockstock, that Tarantino influence, like the soundtrack, like the Tar- Tarantino's famous for his soundtracks, and the soundtracks on those two films are phenomenal. Right on Snatch and Lockstock, it's really yeah. Good. We haven't really spoke about that. No. They are so fantastic. Good. Yeah, and that's very Tarantino. He knows where to put the yeah, right yeah. music. The, it's it's so on the money. Um, Tarantino hasn't really changed tax. Really, I mean, there is a definite difference once you get past um, uh, the Rum Punch on Jackie Brown. Once you get past that, you, Tarantino's films become more cartoonesque. You know what I mean? Um, but I wouldn't say he's evolved as a filmmaker particularly, whereas Richie seems like, rather than... I don't know if it's it's like he he's not fully embracing it or whether he's just trying to crowbar it into projects where it doesn't belong. Yeah. Whereas someone like Tarantino, I don't want to say he keeps making the same movie, but then post-Jackie Brown, his he, movies are all very he similar somehow, feeling. He somehow know? manages to make it work. He yeah. somehow manages to have that style. Yeah, so he in can make World a cowboy movie, Inglorious Bastards, exactly, su- or a cowboy movie yeah. in Hateful Eight, right? Uh, yeah, and it shouldn't work, well, but for some somehow it does. And I think perhaps that's the difference sheer between force of will. I think isn't perhaps it? that's you know the I mean? difference. You know, not that we're saying that Guy Ritchie isn't a great director. Mm. He is. I think it's just he's it's, choosing it's, the wrong he's projects. Not, he's not yeah. that 
uh, proficient as, say, Tarantino, where he yeah. can make pretty much any subject matter, any type of movie, and, and his style when it kind of works. Yeah. Well, that's it. You, know? you look at the first three Tarantino movies, they're gangster movies. After that, you get a uh, uh, ninja, not ninja movie, <laughs> kung fu movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get a kung fu movie, a war movie, a couple of cowboy movies, you know, and then yeah. a, a, a 60s crime drama type movie, you know. Um, you know, the Sharon Tate, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of thing. Yeah. But they're all very Tarantino movies. Guy Ritchie seems all to be... All contain a lot of feet. Yeah, oh God, don't I just... Um, whereas Ritchie seems to struggle to find the right vehicle yeah. for his Guy Ritchie-ness, and I don't know whether it's something he he tries to pull back on or whether he's just choosing the wrong sorts of projects, you know. But he pulls it off in the Sherlock Holmes, definitely in the first Sherlock Holmes movie, really pulls off I that think, balance. Yeah, I, I think both of them are... Both yeah. of them, but, uh, both yeah, of them I are want good. him to do a third, to be honest. Yeah, I think they... They're, they're in talks I yeah. believe yeah. I can't remember why they haven't quite got round to it yet mm. but yeah I think it, I, I think on that I don't think anybody has done Cockney Gangster movie quite like Guy Ritchie I think he kind of whilst it, he didn't he wasn't the first to do this genre by any means obviously we've said Get Carter mm. Long Good Friday Mona Lisa mm. all of those it is a staple of British staple of British um, filmmaking exactly yeah. but he He's revol- he revolution revolutionised it in the sense of every Cockney gangster film post Snatch mm. is trying to be Guy Ritchie. Oh, it all has to have the witty dialogue and the, and the jokes and stuff. Whereas, Whereas I don't, I don't the grittier think grittier stuff before that yeah. didn't really have jokes and stuff. It might have had the odd bit thrown in, but that fast-paced dialogue, those yeah, fast yeah, cuts, so, all I mean, of Get that. Carter was a ve- obviously a very uh, very influential gangster movie, but I didn't feel yeah. like let's say the long good friday i didn't feel like that was just copying get carter and going w- let's do that again mm, whereas yeah. like, you know since so many cockney get you know i think the worst ones for me are like rise of the foot soldier where it's got yeah. craig fairbrass <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. who i mean he, he's doing very well at what he's doing yeah. but it's not for me but you gotta think like you gotta think like when was sexy beast that was 2000. Right. So that would have absolutely nothing to do with a Guy Ritchie-type gangster movie. It's a movie from a completely different ilk. You have to imagine that got made because of Lockstock. N- not that it has anything to do with Lockstock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's such a good movie, but it's not trying to do Guy Ritchie. It's not doing fast-paced cuts, witty dialogue. Ben Kingsley in it is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Right, Amazing. Um, we're not going to go into the famous rant, you know, <laughs> that he does. But it's such a good movie, but it's not trying to be anything else. That is much more one foot in your traditional British yeah. gangster movies, your Mona Lisa's, your Long Good Fridays, your Get Carters, those sort of films. Even to a degree, something like that, the Harry Palmer film, series of films with Michael Caine. Yeah. They're sort of espionage, not really gangster movies, but it's that British grittiness, you know. Um and like you say, after Richie, there's a slew of, of Tarantino gangster movies. Even films that aren't gangster films, so like Football Factory, for yep. example. I like the film. I've never watched it. If you don't like football, you're not going to. It's, it's a football based film. I don't like football. I like But it's very life. similar. It's very similar in that kind of the way it's kind of edited. Yeah. Uh, Nick Love, I think, directed it, and he's kind of poor man's Guy Ritchie I, I think right? you know I think is a, there's a certainly a place for his films he's the one who done the remake of the Sweeney mm. uh, with Ray Winston and 
Plan uh, B. Plan B, yeah. Because that makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, he's in because he, Plan B's in that Harry Brown Harry Brown film. Is that what it's yes, called with Michael Caine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite like that movie, which is essentially Gran Torino but with Michael Caine. Yeah, um, still yeah. a good movie. Uh, a movie. It's, it's a good enough movie that even Plan B can't ruin it. Uh, yeah, whereas Sweeney, mm. oh, this is such a weird film. I've never watched it. Who mm. else is in it? Sorry, Plan B and Ray Winston. It is Ray Winston? Is yeah. it? I love Ray Winston. Ray Winston's great. I think, but. He's very. Uh, he needs a really good director to, to prevent him from being just Ray Winston. Yeah, yeah, you know, departed with Scorsese. Do you remember? He's um, great in that. Oh, he's really good in that. If you leave the yeah. camera roll, <laughs> such geez, a good story. Fell yeah. for me. <laughs> so good. You know, you really should see someone about that. <laughs> you could end the scene there. But, but if, if you, you keep the, the camera, camera rolling, rolling. <laughs> uh, no, Ray Winston is amazing in that. He's, do you remember his TV series? He, he played like a private eye. Had him and oh yes, uh, it, was, uh, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vincent, I think that was called. I think it was called Vincent. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, you look so surprised that I managed to get. No, I like literally. I think I, you're right. No, whenever I mention it, to people they're like, "No, I don't remember it." Yeah, you know what I mean, do you know what else? Like people never remember is um, it's it's loosely connected. So Michael Madsen from all them Tarantino films. And oh, yeah, I know and Michael Madsen is, yeah. He had a TV series that was kind of like a supernatural cop show. Where he was like hunting demons. And I, I think it only Sounds ever had once. I seem to recall it being really good. It I'm was 20-something years ago. It might have been terrible. Oh, I, I, I used to be on worse. late. Yeah, it used to be on late yeah. night. Because there's a Lockstock TV show as well around the same time, wasn't it? Lockstock. Yes. And... And there's a Snatch TV show with Rupert Grint. No. And it's... Hang on, when was that made? That was made about five, six years ago. Really? Rupert Grint, Ron Weasley. So they didn't learn from the Lockstock TV show and they tried to repeat the, the roaring success that that was. It had... Because ha I'm pretty sure the Lockstock cost like a million quid each episode or something. It was something huge. It was made by um, Chris Evans at Ginger TV Productions. Chris Evans made it. It was like, sorry, sorry. Chris Evans made it, as in Chris Evans Radio DJ, not Chris Evans. When you say the made, Avenger. do you mean his production company? His production company made it. He yeah. wasn't directing. No, no. His oh, sorry, okay. yeah, that, Ginger that's Productions all right, then, that made TFI Friday, and I think the only other thing they ever made was the Lockstock TV show. Wow. Yeah, and I'm sure it cost something ridiculous, like a million pounds. Yeah. But yeah, they've done they've done a Snatch TV show, and oh, I'm gonna have to look that up. There's, no, there's literally no reason to call it Snatch. Really it's not related to any of the characters. What about the style of it? Is it? Well, it's it's, it's uh, East End London, like crime, but so it's basically minder. Then. It's it, it's <laughs> it's just cashing in on a namesake, mm. and that really really annoys me because it's like if you called it anything else, it probably wouldn't be too bad. But because you've called it this, you've, you've already hamstrung yeah, yourself at that point. You're you know? playing with fire. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Ray Winston. I know he's not in this. Seems like he would do a Guy Ritchie film. And I don't think he has thus far. Seems like this, yeah, you know, know, obviously he got his name from Neil by Mouth, Gary Oldman uh, directorial debut. and Ray Winston, he was yeah. famous before that. He was in Scum. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course he was, yeah. I'm the daddy I'll... now. Next time I'll fucking kill you. That yeah. film, Scum, yeah. has an un natural obsession with calling people the daddy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm the, the daddy, daddy now. now. Yeah, Where's yeah, your yeah. tool? Uh, you ain't no daddy in here. All right, Carlin? 
seen that film too many times. That essentially is like another one of those British films. Do you know what I mean? Those gritty yeah, in the same milk, films. isn't it? Yeah, it's very... not a gangster film. But Ray Wilson also turns up in a lot of episodes of Mind They're Playing a Mechanic and he plays like against type. Like it's really interesting. He spends most of it being put up on oh, oh fuck, come on, oh fuck. It's all like it's so not. I'm Ray gonna Winston. have to go and dig some of those he episodes. Also out. was in the TV show, um, a Robin Hood TV show from the eighties, playing. No, he doesn't play Little John. Who does he play? Doesn't play Will Scarlet. I think he plays Will Scarlet in the, in the the TV show. Only had I think I had like two series, maybe three. It's on ITV Catch Up now. You can watch them all. It's called Sherwood. Robin the Hooded Man. And I think the second series of that, Robin was played by Sean Connery's son. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting fact. Yeah, oh, well, um, that, thanks for that little tidbit. <laughs> oh, great. But yeah, so I think Ray Winston's just, he's always been around, hasn't he, Ray? He's also yeah, in yeah, um, I totally forgot that Quadrophenia stuff. as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised he's not been in a Guy Ritchie movie. It just seems like a maybe match made in busy. like yeah. heaven, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe one of them is going. Well, that's too obvious. Uh, mm. You know, I don't know. Uh, and it can't be worse than his turn in the, that Indiana Jones film that he was in. He, he wasn't bad in that. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was too bad in that. I think that was his first kind of venture into proper. Hollywood films, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or was it? No, it wasn't. I think he, he had, a, he had a real, um, around, yeah. Uh, yeah, real sort of renaissance, or I don't know if it's a renaissance. He had a real golden moment yeah, in Hollywood. Try to break a, a foot into America. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. He, he turned up in a lot of stuff for a while, didn't he? Yeah, what I find interesting about Ray Winston, and I, it's funny because we're talking so much about him mm. and he's not in the film we're actually discussing, but yeah. on an episode where we've spoken about Virgin Cola for so much, I think it's anything goes. Yeah. Uh, hearing Matt Damon refer to Ray Winston as oh p- brilliant English actor yeah, is such it's weird, a, such it? a weird thing to hear because yeah. you're like but that's that's Matt Damon yeah like, you're from Hollywood right? yeah, yeah you're actually an actor yeah and not that Ray Winston isn't but it just fit I, I find that we have mean. gritty English actors from that kind of ilk it feels very much like they're normal people who do a bit of acting on the yeah, side yeah. and that's not the case at all we're doing a disservice by saying that but yeah. that's kind of how it feels well, it's I think it's just like Ray Winston's been around for so long to then suddenly become sort of Hollywood famous in the noughties it seems so odd yeah it's like because you don't yeah. have the same thing about in like Colin co- Farrell because he was like in Bally Kiss Angel and then went off to be a movie star yeah um, same like I mean it's not saying because Guy Pearce and yeah, or like or kind of Ewan McGregor or something because he was yeah. in a Star Wars movie quite early in his career but I think it's just like Ray Winston had been around for 20, 30 years whatever it is before he got his big break in Hollywood so it seems odd because he's part of the furniture around there and then yeah. all of a sudden Matt Damon's like oh he's a great actor Steven Spielberg's like oh he's a great actor and I bet you, I bet you someone and he stood like, next oh. to Jack Nicholson in a film you know it's, it's a weird thing man and holding his own as well massively not, ma- not yeah. making yeah. it go if only he wasn't in that yeah, scene. Yeah. He's he's holding his own and he's do, he's he's there and he's fulfilling that purpose yeah. perfectly. When did you think about the, the movie stars? He's probably stood next to in films since, like from Harrison Ford's, your your, your Jack Nicholson's. Don't get any bigger, Davis. really, does it? You know, yeah. Those people aren't making movies anymore. Well, Jack Nicholson's not anyway. Harrison Ford keeps reprising roles. You shouldn't when he probably uh, should just leave it alone. And have it's you seen not the new his Indiana fault. Jones yet? I have seen the new Indiana Jones. Yes, have any you? good. 
it's it's actually not as bad as people make out. He's old. I what? don't listen to people. Yeah, yeah, I don't listen to podcasts talking about movies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's not as bad as people make out. He's old. I don't know what you want. Like, what do you want from an Indiana Jones? I mean, I, He's like 80 years you old. Obviously, you get he that. really holds his own, you know what I mean? And, you, and obviously, I know there's a lot of that kind of de-aging CGI technology. At the beginning, yeah. Which, from what I've seen of it, obviously mm. I've not seen the film, but I think it looks pretty decent. Doesn't it's, it? Doesn't detract from the movie. Doesn't detract yeah. from it. It's only but at the beginning. Again, as well. like what we said earlier, you're having an excuse to use something to make up for yeah something that you could just prevent by by being bold and going. I understand. I mean, obviously, they, I think they tried to tease it a little bit with Shia LaBeouf, but he just wasn't just the right guy. Out, that yeah. doesn't mean you can't recast. Well, they had the um, Young Indiana Jones TV series that wasn't... <laughs> Smashing shit up now. It's getting angry. That <laughs> uh, wasn't... I mean, really hate that programme. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't... I never really got into it, so I don't know. I feel like the casting was off of that. I feel like the person they cast for Young Indiana Jones was right, but obviously River Phoenix would have been the cast. Oh, brilliant Would have been amazing, right? Because you get that at the beginning of the third film. Um... I'd like to see a, another attempt at a young Indiana Jones, but then they did that with the Han Solo. And I want to say Aaron Eckhart, it's not his name, he's got it's something uh, Alden like Hy- Alden Ehrenreich, I think is Some, he, something yeah, like it. Yeah, it sounds right. I think he's great in that movie. I he, haven't seen that, to be fair. Really unfairly maligned movie. It's a good movie. I think sometimes Out people... Of all of those Star Wars movies, man. are so... Yeah. They're just so unreasonable. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to watch a Han Solo movie, then just don't see it. But yeah, don't, don't go to watch, watch it going, why is go, he not Harrison Ford? Why is he not doing the thing that only I want? Because yeah. I'm a fan of this. Yeah, I think. You know? I think the, genuinely think the problem that Solo movie had was it came out after that middle, um, middle Star Wars film that I forget what it's called. Who cares? Board, board of the Jedi. <laughs> what <laughs> it's called? Force Awakens, uh, Rise of the Skywalker. That's just Force Awakens was the first one, first right? One. So the second one after that is yeah, Rise of the Skywalker, and then the last one is the Last Jedi. Okay, so Rise. Yeah, it came out after Rise, and people were like, "That's not a good movie. I'm not going to go watch this solo movie." Plus, there was a lot of problems with the directors. They replaced it with yeah, Ron Howard. Yeah, yeah. And, it's actually a good movie. It's, Rogue One's a good movie and Solo's a good movie and I would have really liked to have seen a sequel to Solo or a TV programme but it bombed and it wasn't the film's fault and it was it, it had a lot of bad press and it came after a really bad Star Wars film um, and it bombed and it, but the dude playing Han Solo is more than serviceable. He does a really good job of it. Um, unfairly maligned for not being Harrison Ford. But it's the same thing with that new Indiana Jones film. It's like, what do you expect? What do you think you're going to go see? He's 80 years old, and he holds his own in the film. It's good. But he is old. I did see this meme where it's like, who's the lady who does all the Disney Lucasfilm? Kathleen something? Uh, basically, like, this meme where it's like, she's turned all of our heroes into broken men. Luke Skywalker's disillusioned and broken you get to the Indiana Jones film, he's disillusioned and broken. Han Solo was disillusioned. I don't know how true it is, but that was, I saw the meme. I actually think that last Indiana Jones film is perfectly serviceable. Is it up there with the first three? No. What is going to be, though? You know what I mean? What, what are you expecting to see? Well, I think, just to tie it back to... I want to see Guy Ritchie direct an Indiana Jones film. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine the soundtrack? <laughs> 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 
I think, yeah, just just type... Stop pointing that bloody whip at me. <laughs> Put your hat down and sit down and listen in, son. These are... That, this ain't that, your jewels. That belongs in a bloody museum, I told you. <laughs> uh, I brick, think, brick top, has yeah. it? <laughs> Do you know what the word archaeology means? <laughs> you betrayed Sheba. <laughs> that is what they call the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> the penitent man kneels before God. Me. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, just to tie it back, I think perhaps, maybe from my perspective, that's why I kind of see Guy Ritchie's never being able to escape that. It's because I've got a certain expectation of what I want from Guy Ritchie, and perhaps that's where I need to maybe in general that's where we need to kind of put that aside and just watch a Guy Ritchie film yeah. for what it is well Guy Ritchie can't couldn't couldn't keep making Guy Ritchie movies it it got so diluted by everybody else making Guy Ritchie movies what can you do at that point I, I mean I do remember you saying in one of the episodes we've already done do you ever need do, do you see? ever see another Cockney gangster shoot a shoot a shoot yeah, I mean, and exactly then you pick snapped and yeah, I was yeah. like yeah, well, this was, I don't the, mind, this was the last great one. Yeah, but genuinely, do you ever need to see another one of those movies? Not really. I don't think we do. No, it's so not th- a subpar one. I, anyway. I think that brings us on very, very nicely to things like further watching. Yeah, uh, I would check out Danny Dyer's Virgin Cola adverts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I think obviously check out Lockstock. Mm. Uh, goes without saying. Uh, Sexy Beast is a is a good. Good shout. Sexy Beast is on my list, yeah. Lockstock's on uh, my list. Not not the same kind of... Uh, I've mentioned it earlier. It's not a gangster film, but it's a, it's a gritty English film. Mm. Uh, Neil by Mouth. That's brutal. Oh, it's heavy. It's, yeah. pff, you know, mm. nothing happens, but everything happens at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, w- I would avoid most Cockney gangster films post-Snatch. Just because yeah. if you're looking for something yeah. that's going to fill that Beast. void, it's yeah. not going to be... What was the sequel? They did a sort of sequel to Sexy Beast, didn't they? Wasn't it called The Business or something? I can't remember. I saw did it. Did it have Danny Dyer in? <laughs> yeah, it had Bob Hoskins in it. <laughs> I'm genuinely asking voice. that. No, I don't think it did. Oh. I think it was all the same cast. I think. And it's set all in one room. It's very much like watching a play. Um, it's very different. It's not Sexy Beast. Nothing is. You know what I mean? Um... I can't remember what it's called. I was a little disappointed. I, it's one of those films I think I probably should have rewatched after I, after it turned out to not be what I thought it was going to be. You then sometimes need to revisit a film so you can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I have never revisited it though, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I had Lockstock, had Sexy Beast on mine, and obviously The Long Good Friday and Mona Lisa, which we've already talked about. Um, I would add Kick Ass to that. It's a very similar sort of tone if completely Kingsman as well Kingsman yeah Um, also if you're in the mood for sort of a more lighter version I actually think you should watch Only Fools and Horses um, for the comedy dodgy lovable characters yeah exactly shady people but you fall in love with them yeah 100% I mean you should just watch that anyway I'm being totally honest with you so good yeah and uh, also Minder is definitely worth watching. If you want to see... Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good theme tune, though. Yeah, if you want to see genuinely where Guy Ritchie got it from, like... It's half a daily off of it, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's 
Minder, like the interesting thing about Minder, if you watch, if you can't be bothered to watch Minder, which I understand, it's, I mean, it was 1979, I think, Minder, the first series, and it doesn't quite come into its own for at least a series or so, and then you'll get to it, and it's proper, it is basically Guy Ritchie movies, but without a cool soundtrack. But if you watch the first half of the first ever episode of Minder, you'll see everything that ended up in, in Guy Ritchie's movies. It's just all there. All of it. Second half turns into a, it's sort of like a hostage. And I think they spent all their budget on the exterior shots for the first half of the pilot, you know what I mean? Had to claw that bl- uh, budget back a bit. But it's all there. If you watch Minder, like I say, that first half of the first ever episode is also on ITVX for free. Um, it's all there. You can see it all. The characters, the sort of setups, the way they talk, the humour... The dodgy Arthur Daly and his minder. Obviously, it's it's different. You're talking about something that was made in 1979, but you can see those threads. So I'd recommend that. Um, yeah, and Lockstock, obviously, because it's essentially the prequel, you know. given for thinking you're a listening to a Spaniard ordering a beer on the Costa del Sol. You can almost feel the sun beating down on his uh, bullfighting cape. But what you were actually listening to was me, Sean Connery, displaying just one of the uh, many accents that you two can uh, master at the Sean Connery Dialect School for Actors. Now let me transport you to a, a Cold War era Russian submarine with flawless Russian dialect. <clears throat> this is my boat now, Captain Phillips. That was magic. You can learn this and many more at the Sean Connery Dialect School for Actors. So that was Bury Our Bones with for this week. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us in all the usual social media places as Bury Our Bones with. So please do come by, say hi, and send us your comments. Until next time, I've been Jimmy Murphy, he's been Ryan Everington, and this has been Bury Our Bones with Snatch. Featuring product placements left, right, and center that we're not getting paid for. It's the cooler that everybody wants, but nobody can get anymore. I've like, been discontinued. I was genuinely upset when I discontinued Virgin Color. I never had it. Genuinely annoyed me. I was like, if you tried Virgin Color, it's like the best one. And then they stopped making it. And I was like, yeah, that's life, isn't it? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's comforting to me.
Oh, I couldn't resist it. <laughs> I was like, I don't actually, I do know more about Coca-Cola. <laughs> what other Coca-Cola things do I know? 